This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. This is an episode with Henry and Lisa in a Where Are They Now episode. If you go back to episode number 14, you'll find their original episode recording with me. Um, I'd have to say that I did try and make this very professional sounding, but these two are total ratbags and it ended up being just a bit of a laughathon. We do refer to San Francisco a little bit, and that's because they made their background on their Zoom um, recording the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. So they then bounced around the screen for me while I was trying to record with the Golden Gate Bridge in the background. Anyway, I'm going to hand over now to Henry and Lisa to find out where are they now. Hi, my name's Lisa Leggett. I'm an alcoholic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> She's not alcoholic. I'm keeping me. that in. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> oh, cheeky buggers. And I'm, my name's Henry. I've got it all under control. It's not a problem. It's just recreational. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. You go. All right. Hi, I'm Henry. And I'm Lisa Leggett. Oh yeah, Leggett, and we've got baby Harry, who yeah. was born, who was born via uh, surrogacy in October 2018. Would you like to try that again? You try that again, even I know that that's not his birthday. What happened in October? I don't know, but try August. August. August, you dick. I must have performance anxiety or something. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, just jet lag. Oh wait, do you have another child? <laughs> sure. Do you have another child with someone else? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. oh god. It's going to be one of those podcasts. Yeah. Hi, I'm Henry Leggett. And I'm Lisa Leggett. And we've got baby Harry Leggett, who was born on the 13th of August 2018. Well done. Yes. Yeah. And last time we spoke, I think it was like something like episode. 14 or something and uh emmy your surrogate was due to give birth sometime after that and since then of course you've had harry so we're going to talk about this is our retrospective where are they now this is like days of our lives or what's the other one <laughs> i don't know where are they now Rolling henry and lisa <laughs> yeah <laughs> like sand through the hourglass in the san francisco <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, okay. what's it been like for the last 18 months since Harry arrived? It's been a whirlwind and it's been parenting and living and parenting and living. Try, yeah, and, and parenting and, and living. Trying to, trying to find the, the same balance that every parent strives for, regardless of whether it's surrogacy related or not. I'll tell you one thing. I used to be fairly anal about my house and how <laughs> clean it was. That has changed. Now we just try and keep the knives away. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy with that. We just have so much stuff. It's not funny. And our house is not big. So it's um, a little crazy in the, the house. But having Harry has just... Well, I don't think I've ever smiled as much. I think I've smiled more than I smiled ever yeah he's just he's crazy like us and he is he's fun he's exciting he's a mile a minute he doesn't stop um he loves music like we do he loves emmy he loves kate who's our egg donor as well and, also, yeah. and 
Emmy oh, Hughes, our yeah. surrogate, and she's already said that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure, everybody knows that Emmy's our surrogate. Yeah. And um, he's just, he's a very beautiful little boy, and he's very like hen's nature. He's quite laid back. Uh, goes from zero to 100 and 100 to zero in about three seconds. And it doesn't last very long, but, you know, he knows what he wants. And I think that comes yeah. from having a mother like me. I know what I want. And mm -hmm. So Harry knows what he wants too. Mm -hmm. um, and we've, I guess we've, uh, our relationship as far as going with Emmy and Danny has slowed down because obviously life, life <laughs> they've got three kids. We've got one. And, you know, they're both working again and their lives are very, very busy. So we do catch up with them each holidays. We try and do a full team catch up um, or just just them and us. And that's really beautiful. And Harry absolutely adores Emmy. And every night before we go to bed, Emmy, we, say, Emmy, Emmy, yeah, Emmy. we say to him, yeah. what are we grateful for today? And he says, Emmy, 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 Emmy. <laughs> Kiki, 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 because he calls Kate yeah. Kiki, Auntie yeah. Kiki. Yeah, because we also have, um, uh, from our maternity shoot, we've got a photo that we had blown up to um, A3 size or something like that. So, so point to everybody in the picture, to him every night, and also point to him um, in being Emmy's in Emmy's tummy. Yeah, because so. we, well, we read the book, we've got that book um, from the... From the Donor Conception Donor Network. Conception Network. And it's called Our Story. And if anyone is an IP or becoming a P, those books are amazing. And it's been really good for us because obviously we want Harry to know who he is right from the word go. And, you know, I think he goes through the book and at one stage it's got a baby in the belly and says, guess what? It was me, you know. And then he always turns around and points to Emmy's tummy and says, Harry, Harry to her tummy which is really cute so he's starting to understand that he grew in her tummy i mean he doesn't really understand but you know that's we're gonna he will he will <laughs> yeah that's all he'll know so he'll grow up knowing <clears throat> where he came from and who helped make him mm. I, I love that thought, that's been his story right from day one like there hasn't been any gaps he'll always it'll just be part of his knowledge yeah. that emmy and, and auntie kate helped to make yes. him and mm. there won't ever be a question about that. Like it's, this is just part of no. the story that he hears every day. That's amazing. Yeah. And then when we see Emmy, it's really funny for about the next week or two, he just, Emmy, 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 Emmy. <laughs> he just keeps going. He really likes it. And um, I think that the last time. That must be annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've also got a friend who's, our goddaughter's name is Emmy as well. So he, he loves her too and calls her Emmy, Emmy, Emmy. And also his light up unicorn is yes. called Emmy. Oh, that's lovely. That's cute. Yeah. So, so yeah. take me right back to the first days after he was born. Did you have any anxieties, I guess, on top of perhaps becoming parents, of becoming parents through surrogacy, of what that would look like with you having a baby in your arms that you hadn't carried yourself? No, nah, not even slightly. I didn't ever let that in. I um and I knew that you know some people had experienced that before. Yeah, but I, I mean, think we because I think we were a bit older. I think yeah. we're quite relaxed. And because I mean you know our like our journey was obviously you know fourteen years before that as well, where 
you know, where our journey to parenthood started. And yeah. so we've done a lot of work on ourselves and, um, yeah. and for me, it actually leading up to it and actually deciding to go to surrogacy was where I dealt with all of that stuff, mm. not through the surrogacy. Yeah. Um, as you know, I had my own, uh, you know, my own preconceptions of, of what my, um, traditional journey to parenthood would look like, um, you know, with the white picket fence and the flowers on the doors and all that. And, um, and so flowers on the door. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, something like that. But, um, it's something new. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so we'd actually both done a lot of work on ourselves before we'd even decided to pursue surrogacy. Tell me about so, that because I know we talked about the importance of looking after your own well-being last time. What have you felt like you've needed to do and what's been your support system for working through that, that um, baggage, I guess, for want of a better word? Um, for me, it was actually accepting, acceptance. Um, you know, I, like I, I guess my, my attitude initially was to you know, sit there with my arms crossed and, and scowling. Um, you know, this is not what I want, so I'm not going to do it. And um, shut up. And, uh, <laughs> and, but actually, you know, thinking, okay, you know, sure. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, I don't, life isn't, it's very rarely what you actually plan. Yeah. Um, that's true. And, and I also think of, you know, what I would be the difference in me as a parent now, as opposed to me as a parent 14 years ago. And as, you know, as much as I'd love to have a 14 year old now, um, I also have 14 years more life experience. Yeah. Makes a huge so, difference yeah. with that. I, I, and, I do think that does. Mm. But the mental health side of it, I think we've both done quite a lot of work and we've actually continued with our counselling yeah. uh, post surrogacy <clears throat> because for me, I actually, I, I love, I found the newborn stage actually the easiest. I'm finding now he's, he's starting to really come out and change. Well, sorry, he loves climbing. <laughs> So he climbs everything and I can't quite climb up behind him on the bookshelf. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. But he, you know, now he's starting to really develop, you know, tantrums, which is normal with his age. And um, so this part's more like in my line of work with what I used to do in education. So, but for me, I found it um, more difficult without the relationships that we'd invested so so much in with emmy's kids and with and with danny as well um and i felt it was a bit like coming down off something you know that you've been on this high and i think the whole time through um the pursuit of surrogacy it's so it's this intenseness that's just that you live at a level and i didn't realize until after it was over and now that we're looking at doing a sibling journey how much more relaxed I am this time thinking about it and being able to move into it. I don't really have a choice because I'm focusing on Harry a lot more. Mm. And so I should, but, you know, making that decision now to really move forward and move into it. I think that's, that's made a difference, but yeah, trying to, trying to um, navigate my feelings for not seeing them as much as 
we were so I would have been happy to just keep seeing them quite a bit but I was also very conscious of the fact that you know Emmy really needed to get back to her life with her kids who are super busy and she's super busy and she's a phenomenal mum and she just and Danny's a phenomenal dad too and you know just trying to find the time to actually catch up you know is great what we have is wonderful we do love having that and yeah sure we'd love to see them more but you know it's just life and that's how how it goes and in the beginning we all chatted as a team and sort of said we didn't know where we were going to end up you know in the end like when it was all over we weren't sure what sort of relationship we were going to have and Emmy I think said to me she wasn't sure whether she wanted to just see Harry on birthdays or she wanted to see him all the time or she said because she didn't know what her her brain would do you know and because she's got that um, scientific background she's very clever at knowing you know that you have to be organic in your thoughts and flexible and I think that was one of the beauty parts of our of journey that was beautiful because we were very organic the whole way through and we were flexible in our thinking and I think that that really went to our advantage in, mm. in having a good yeah. relationship with Emmy and Danny now and also just continuing to, you know, just allow life to be. So and it, I think our relationship is actually still developing yeah. because it's changed so much because yeah. if you think of like during the pregnancy, you, um, your contact, it just escalates. The yeah. closer you get to the, um, to the birth, the more time we spend together. Yeah. You know, to the fact that we're, uh, or to the extent that we, you know, hide out the, um, the apartment near, near Emmy so that we could be with, um, so she could be near us and vice versa. And when Harry was born, she could be near yeah. him too. Yeah. And so I think the last week, maybe two, whatever it was, I can't even remember, um, of the pregnancy, we were, we were living five minutes drive away. And in the first 10 days, I think it might have been. Yeah. Um, you know, it was within within five minutes of both the hospital and Emmy, which was absolutely fantastic for for both Emmy and us. Um, I think I think for me that that actually, aside from the surrogacy side of things, I think that actually really helps me um, going to parenting. Yeah. We had to parent very quickly and I think that's why it worked Mm. because we weren't at home. So we were just in a different mindset anyway. And then bringing him home was different again. Yeah. Um, And it was just, it's just, you. it's such an amazing feeling when you, I I know for me as a woman, and I don't know, I can't speak for him, but I do know how he feels. But for me as a woman, to actually be a mum and to be honest with you, that 14 years kind of disappeared. And I let it disappear. And I think for me, I didn't, I don't want to hang on to it. And I don't want Harry to feel, I don't want him to feel guilty or Mm. in, I don't know how to articulate this actually, but but do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't want him to be responsible for our 14 years. A friend of our family um, said, it's funny, she was, um, English was her second language. So she wasn't quite articulate, but she actually phrased it perfectly. She said, make sure that those 14 years are your 14 years and not his. Yeah. Mm. That's quite um, lovely. And I remember yeah. having done IVF yeah. myself. Yes, it, it kind of all melts away when the baby's in your arms, but it's still mm. part of your story and you don't yeah. really want it to be part of your child's story because it's, you know, the infertility mm. yeah. is not 
really just their story I guess it's yours yeah yeah no, and I, th I think that's looking after your mental health so there's been a couple of times where I haven't felt pressure or anything like that but the the fact that genetically his hen his hens and genetically he's not mine I've had to deal that that's probably the only thing that's crept up a couple of times where I've gone oh Okay, that, mm. that is not a genetic thing. He's actually doing that because I'm like that. <laughs> there are so many things. Oh, so tell us about that because this is um, endlessly <laughs> fascinating to me is the genetics versus the nurture. So you're yeah. saying that Harry is like you, but of course not because you carried him yes. and not because you're genetically yeah. um, connected to him, but because you're his mum. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have spent... Um, I've done a lot of re research and reading on talking to your child and we talk to Harry like he's one of us. We don't talk back down to him and we don't baby talk or anything like that. And I've just talked to Harry like he understands me from day dot and I tell him everything I'm doing. Hen tells him everything he's doing yeah. and we're very different because I'm quite volatile and Hen's very calm, but Hen will explode more. Yeah more if he stubs his toe whereas like, i'll just let it out if i'm feeling something my nickname used to be angry ant from my stepdad <laughs> with, with good reason and um but yeah it's i think it's i forgot what i was going to say then see and that's I something that I, I never used to have i forget things you've got baby brain it's not, it's not, i haven't had a baby but i i definitely looking after yeah. one makes yeah. me very like different and because i'm not working i think that that's probably been challenging for me as well not working I'm, I'm finding that a bit difficult at the moment i feel like my brain's taking a bit of a slowdown but that's not a bad thing either you know it's all because i'm i'm happy to be at home with harry and find those challenges for him and anyway he's like me because i am basically yeah. don't shut up when i talk so much he is exceptionally verbal he has 76 yeah. words already and he's except when he has his teeth coming through it's the most bizarre thing when his teeth come through he loses a lot of his words and he jumbles words and then as soon as the teeth are through all the words start coming back it's quite unusual um i'm a bit of a maniac and love to dance and sing and he is a music freak and yeah. hens, hens into music as well but it's kind of built in him and i think that's just because i have sung hens mm. sung we just we clap beats yeah. tap beats but even even before he was born um we had him into music with the belly buds yeah mm. yeah um, so i think that also helped with him knowing my voice uh reading because quite often when i sing to him if he's upset or if something's if he's overtired and I, I definitely sing to him, it's like a recognition and he has to touch my chest and be, you know, close to me and feel that. And it always suits him, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So um, there's a few it's other things. He yeah, loves his mummy. So he's I a know a lot of what you're <laughs> saying about parenting is perhaps just like every other set of parents, which is great. I think that's important yeah. for intended parents to hear that when babies in their arms, they will be just like every other parent out there. They'll, you know, struggle with all the regular things and enjoy all the regular things. Do you think that any part of your parenting journey with Harry is different because of surrogacy? Has it, I know, for example, people who parent after infertility have different challenges about how they feel about parenting. Has that been the, the case for you? Um, for me, no. No. Um, the, the one, 
I mean, the one thing that, that always floors me has nothing to do with surrogacy or anything, but I had, um, like I knew that I would always love being a dad, but I, I never, I never knew that I could actually feel this way about a person. Yeah. We're both like that. He's... And we just cry all the time. Don't we? we just look at him. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> and then sometimes at night we're like, let's go and wake him up. And you're like, you can't do that. Yeah. So we just stand over him and stare at him. <laughs> Like not not being creepy or anything. But <laughs> we do stare at him a lot. Yeah. And that I got very teary the other day. So we're eighteen months in, and he was in the pool with him, and he was in a swimming lesson. And I just I, the tears came up because I thought to myself, five years ago, I couldn't say I'm I'm going to a swimming lesson with my child yeah. and my husband, and we're doing a family thing. And those things they're the reminders. So if I'm ever feeling um, you know, teary about anything. And look, I, you can tell IPs as well. It's not all roses. And a lot of people think that because you've done surrogacy, you owe it to them to be in that blissful moment every second of your life. And it's not like that. You know, babies scream, babies get upset, you're tired. There's some days you just don't feel like you can cope. And I think that's really normal. And I think if you don't know that and you're not able to communicate that to someone that's yeah. when you've got issues and it's not a it's uh, having a hard day doesn't mean that you're ungrateful no mm. no it, it means that you're actually you're actually human mm. yeah so definitely. tell me what's next you mentioned a sibling um for harry what whereabouts are you up to now <laughs> oh, God. all over the place yeah. <laughs> uh so we we were going, we've got one embryo and we spoke to a few people, as you know, and a few surrogates who, and something that you're a big advocate for in the fact that you can't expect a surrogate to come on board with one embryo. And, and invest all of that time and energy yeah. into a 50-50 chance of of one shot yeah and doing all the counseling and then going to prp i mean that's obviously if you're in victoria with the prp um and you know i think oh what? oh i don't know how to say it <laughs> um uh no well i don't I, know how to say I, it without it coming out the wrong way but um okay well so so uh, no i'll say it. it's all right i've got it i've got it i'll say it. um so we went to Kate, who's our egg donor, and we spoke to our fertility specialist and we were ready to go and we went to the fertility specialist and he said, look, uh, just because of Kate's age, it would take quite a few cycles just to get a couple of embryos. And when we went back to Kate, where Kate is in her life at the moment, she's almost 40, uh, her egg reserve um, was I, I, can't, I don't remember if it was lower or not, but being 40, um, our fertility specialist had said, you know, it, it would Probably be a bit more option. difficult. And she also has a big, big trip planned. And so by timing-wise, it wasn't going to work out. And as a team, we, we did make that heartbreaking decision not to go ahead as using Kate as our egg donor. And she was devastated. We were all devastated, actually, because, yeah. you know, we know how important the full sibling is to yeah. Harry. And but yeah. it, was, it was also the right thing to do. Yeah, it was. Um, for, for all of us. Yeah. 
And, you know, that's still a little bit like it sort of plays on my mind a bit. But then we, so we sort of jumped off the wagon of, you know, doing our sort of search and things like that and just took a bit of time for ourselves and went and had a few counselling sessions with our IBS um, counsellor and really got our heads around it. And then we thought, right, okay, we're going to go for it. So instead of going to Egg Donation Australia, we went to our family and friends first and just put it out on Facebook and let people know what we were doing, that we were going to be looking for an egg donor and a surrogate and so that we, just to be patient with us because, you know, it can mm. take up a lot of your mind space and sometimes you can appear a little vacant. Yeah. <laughs> but also because that um, <laughs> Harry has had such a tremendous impact on so many people. Yeah. Um, both in real life and even just on Facebook, yeah. Um, you know, and our social media, um, yeah. And so we haven't. It's not like we've, um, you know, sort of gone out and and said, okay, um, you know, we haven't gone advertising or anything. It's just letting people know where we're, we where are. Where we are as a family. So we did it as a family update. And uh, that night I received a message from a friend and it was totally out of the blue and uh, she came forward and she then came to Melbourne and we had a meeting with our IVF counsellor uh, to do like a free session just to talk her through what egg donation was about and how it would all work. And she is gunning for it. She's wanting to get cracking straight away. So uh, we've decided to also change fertility specialists mid mid. Well, actually, stay. Well, no, we'll change um, fertility yeah. specialists. Oh, anyway. sorry, yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, so we can't get into him until the twenty fourth. So we're just sort of sitting on it for a minute, just until we can uh, hear what's happening. But yeah, she's she's quite a bit younger, and yeah, there's a bit of a story behind there. But I'll just keep that to myself in case. Yeah, you know, that comes out anyway. But yeah. it's a beautiful story how she knows me and how she knows Hen, and it sort of relates back to 27 years ago when wow. Hen and I were sort of yeah. um, courting. So family updates on Facebook we... actually work, don't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. and look, oh, we really debated about it, and I think I was really at Hen for a long time, saying, you know, I think think we need to get on and do it and then one night I just went right I'm doing it yeah <laughs> and I did it and I was I rewrote it 15 16 times and went back over it just like we did with our intro to the Australian surrogacy yeah. community yeah. and I'm sure all IPs do rewrite it a few times but yeah I think it was that was the best thing we'd done so that sort of took a bit of pressure off us as well and Kate was really happy for us and, you know, while she's, she's disappointed that it's not her, she's really happy because it also increases our chances of... Yeah, because I mean, the other thing is that um, our first cycle that we did with Kate, we got two embryos. Hmm. Um, the first one, the first transfer is Harry. Yeah. So we actually still have one more chance. Of a um, full sibling. But yeah. I, I try not to hope put my hopes no. onto that one because of that I feel like that puts pressure on I know it sounds yeah. funny but it puts pressure on the embryo. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. Well, yeah, and, but and in my so mind it puts pressure yeah. on and I, we're we're both I don't know, we are firm believers in staying positive for things the whole mm. way through and 
you know, no matter what setbacks you have, and we've had setbacks in our life that, you know, we don't need to discuss on here, but they've been pretty full on. And just recently we've dealt with some stuff that's been a bit, a bit challenging uh, personally, and we've got through it. And I think you just, you know, you just keep going, don't mm. you? Yeah. So if you were thinking about intended parents who have a surrogate who's pregnant, so they're expecting a baby any minute now, what would your advice be for those first few weeks and months? Uh, for me, I, you really need to read up on that fourth tri trimester. And you also, you just need to remember that you are going to have your baby forever. And this beautiful woman has given everything and put her life at risk for you so just sacrificing something in the very early stages of your baby's life is not going to affect you or them because your bonding does take place and no matter what and look I, I can even say that and you know as I was saying before about the genetics it's not there but I bonded straight away there was no I didn't let anything in to not bond mm. And I think the other thing is, is that you need to make sure that it's not just your surrogate, it's the surrogate and her family. She needs to know that her family's taken care of as far as, you know, cook them 25 meals and leave them in their freezer because your surrogate might be really out of whack. You know, get the cleaner or do, do whatever it is that helps them to, you know, have their Just life. Lighten their load a bit. Yeah lighten their load and you know don't i think um keep them informed they want to know you've got to realize and i mean you would know this you've been a surrogate that that no matter what um what's the word for you know um, you know mentally you know what's going on but your body doesn't know what's going on it's that primal protection yeah. that you as the surrogate the baby's left you and yeah. yeah your body can actually trick your brain yeah so you you need to be able to help your surrogate to be able to feel that it's not just your uterus that we've borrowed thanks very much see you later it's you know do the 17 photos a day if that's what they need to know that you know i mean i'm sure Amy got sick of us <laughs> we sent us so many in that first week but you know and it did when I remember listening to Emmy's podcast and her saying that, you know, the photos had slowed down and yeah, the parenting does get a bit full on, but allow, I would allow six weeks post surrogacy to keep your surrogate informed and don't just dump them on their heads. They need to feel wanted and they need to feel not wanted. That's the wrong word. They need to feel that, still, still as valuable. I guess. And but, but also that what they've done is for the right mm, reasons and that they've actually made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. I know Emmy yeah. likes to see she she quite often says, He's so happy. And Harry is a very happy boy. Like he's really chirpy and he's fun and I think that makes her smile and I can see the way she looks at him that mm. you know, she's proud. And yeah. you might and do another podcast with her and yeah. be like, Oh, they're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Stand by for the episode true. with Emmy where we find out what she really thinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I, look, I just think it, it's, yes, it's about you and you've waited all this time to be a parent. I get it. I understand yeah. that. But there's no I in team. 
There is no I in team. And yet, that's right. Your team goes on and your team needs to be a part of your team for that, you know, for that extra time. I think you really need to, uh, you still need to sacrifice a bit more because they have sacrificed so much. Mm. And I think towards the end, you sort of, you've got to remind yourself of that because, you know, the, the end's so close and you, you're so close to being the parent, but it's not over until you're mm. holding that child. And I remember putting Harry in my arms. Yeah. And that melting feeling, like it's a melting, you feel like. Yeah. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden, you know, there was, there was a bit of an issue with Emmy and she had to go into theatre. And I remember thinking, Harry's going to be okay. He's on me. What, mm. Is she okay? You know, and then we worried about her until she came out. And, you know, it was a bit tough for yeah. her. So something we didn't talk about was the birth. Yeah, we didn't talk about the birth. That's all right. I I think, well, yeah, no offence. I think Emmy and I talked about the birth when I did the podcast with her. So (laughs) if everyone listens to her episode and Danny's episode and your original episode, then they'll have the full story. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, it was a good birth. You're you're both amazing. You're lovely. (laughs) And I'm glad that this episode is out there because the first episode was very popular for good reason. And I think this one will... Um, allow intended parents who are getting ready to have a baby really think about what's next and prepare themselves for the next bit. Yeah. So thank you. And Sarah, that's the other thing um, for us. I, I think also one thing that we've tried to do is sort of put it back into the community and try and be active in the community for others. So not everybody knows, but we quite often meet up with other people and just new IPs that might have a few issues or don't, they just don't mm. know how to approach people or run, they run things past us. And there's some, some IPs that are doing it really tough to know how to break into, you know, being mm. confident enough to get their story out there. So through this podcast, I'm happy to say people can contact us if they want to just send us a message on Facebook. You're That's amazing. Fine. Yeah. Thank you. I will make sure everyone finds out who you are so that they can find you um, and ask those questions. San Francisco. Yes, they'll put San Francisco in the background. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. If you are looking for more information, you can find it on the blog. Listen to more podcast episodes at sarahjefford.com. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch, you can find me at sarah at sarahjefford.com.